First Peter chapter four. First Peter chapter four. I'll be reading from that selection in just a moment. Welcome again to our Sunday evening assembly. The sermons I've been preaching this year on the grace of God have caused me to review this aspect of that overall truth. God's generosity toward us should be seen in our relationship with Him and in our relationships with others. Let me say that again. That's the premise of our time together tonight. God's generosity toward us, grace, should be seen in our relationships with Him and with others. So I'm going to do some work with you in the context of 1 Peter chapter 4, and this will take us to some very specific, practical applications. 1 Peter 4, 1 through 11. Since therefore Christ suffered in the flesh... Arm yourselves with the same way of thinking. For whoever has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, so as to live the rest of the time in the flesh, no longer for human passions, but for the will of God. For the time that is past suffices for doing what the Gentiles want to do, living in sensuality, passions, drunkenness, orgies, drinking parties, and lawless idolatry. With respect to this, they are surprised when you do not join them in the same flood of debauchery, and they malign you. But they will give account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. For this is why... The gospel was preached even to those who were dead, that though judged in the flesh the way people are, they might live in the spirit the way God does. The end of all things is at hand, therefore be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to Him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. I do understand that there may be parts of this passage that compel some curiosity seeking answers and extended discussion in verse 6 and perhaps also in verse 7. 
Those verses come close to being parenthetical, especially verse 6. And that's not the main theme for our study tonight. So on some other occasion, we can address verse 6 with verse 7. So set that aside for the present time and take a look at the passage through this idea. Christians are people who... Now, use the passage to fill in the blank. Christians are people who have decided not to give in to the flesh anymore, but live according to the will of God, even if opposed and maligned, verses 3 to 6. So, we will be self-controlled and sober-minded, we will show hospitality. We will use our gifts to serve. We will speak the oracles of God. And the whole point of all of this is that God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. So that's an outline of the text that I think captures the main idea and expresses it in challenging and practical simple terms for Christians. So that's our context. And obvious applications emerge from all of that right here on the page in 1 Peter 4. Reject a life of fleshly indulgence. Instead of that, live for the will of God. And what does that mean? Self-controlled, sobriety, loving one another, being generous and speaking the oracles of God. So that's all there in the context on the page for us to absorb and to review. There's a lot there. There's part of that that will be our focus this evening. Look please at verse 10. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. That's what I want to talk about. What I have received from God, I use to serve others. What I have received from God by His grace, I use to serve others. And in that way, God's giving to me becomes the model of my giving to others. What I have received from God, I should use to serve others just as God served me by His grace. That's the connection. God has been gracious to us. So, Peter says, as good stewards, we ought to be gracious and generous to each other and to those who will step into our places after we're gone. What has God given you that you should use now? And you should use in terms of helping prepare the next generation. I've got answers. I've got examples. These are the applications we're going to make. The gospel. The gospel is referred to in Romans 1 verse 1 as the gospel of God. 
The gospel is a gift from God. And in our response to that gift, we are recipients of the gift of salvation. During a meeting one time years ago, I was in the home of a man, his wife, and their son for a meal. And their son was home from college for a few days. And the young man came in and was polite, introduced himself. And then, of course, as young people do, he went off to his room until time for the meal. The father then spoke to me in a very quiet voice after the young man went to his room. And he said, I'm really concerned about my son. He's never obeyed the gospel. The father went on to say, we took him to church and he heard sermons all the time and he attended Bible classes, but he's never obeyed the gospel. And I said to the father, well, what does he say when you bring up the subject? There was silence. He had never talked to his son about obeying the gospel. He took him to a building three times a week. He put him in Bible classes. He listened to sermons. But that one-on-one relationship with his son about the gospel had never occurred. And he was embarrassed about that. Well, about that time, the wife called us all to the dinner table and the young man returned and we had the meal together. And during the meal, the father and the son were engaged in lively conversation. They had a conversational relationship about basketball. They knew teams, statistics, players, standings. It was apparent father and son connected on this subject, basketball. The father had apparently made little or no effort to connect with his son on a much higher level about obeying the gospel. Not a direct father-son conversation, just taking him to a building. Here's how simple this is. God gave us the gospel Will we give that gift to others? Will we give to others what God gave to us? Will we tell others what God told us about being saved from sin? You know, this this is convicting for me and for you. This last week, how many non-Christians did you talk to about the gospel? In your contact list for email and messages, how many are not Christians have you brought the subject up? In your neighborhood, in your social circle, even perhaps in your family, maybe in your home, do you tell people what God told you about how to have eternal life? Are we giving to others what God gave us? Are we telling the next generation? Are we talking to our children and grandchildren about Christ? This is by strong implication an evangelistic passage. As each has received a gift. Salvation is a gift. 
Use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. What has God given to us that we need to give to others? Help. Do you believe God has helped you in your life? Look back over your life and take a quick inventory. Consider the storms God enabled you to survive, the temptations you overcame through the strength of His Word. Do you believe God has helped you in your life? Is He helping you now to understand and do things written here in 1 Peter chapter 4? Are we recipients of help from God? And I know your answer. Turn with me to Acts 26. Acts chapter 26. <clears throat> Each of us <coughs> rejoice when we admit that God has helped us. We have prayed, He has answered. We have sought wisdom, and through His word, He has helped. In so many ways, some may be unknown to us, God has given us exactly the help we need. The Apostle Paul spoke of this when he stood before King Agrippa in Acts 26, 22. To this day, Paul said, I have had the help that comes from God. We can all say that. We've been blessed in life with the help that comes from God. So, if I want to leave a good legacy to the next generation, and I want to finish strong in life, the simple question is, since there is no doubt that God helps me, will I be a helper to others? God is my helper Am I a helper to others? You see how that works? Are we giving to others what God gave to us? The gospel and help. Sometimes what we need to do is evaluate what we have to offer. <coughs> what are my skills, my talents? What have I learned in personal experience? What have I learned from this book that will help others? Now, once we evaluate that, we look at this passage. As each has received, use what you have received. God has given me the gospel. How can I help others by giving them what God gave me? God has certainly helped me in many ways. Can I be like my heavenly father in that regard? By helping others others. Romans 15, 4. Encouragement. When everything the Bible says about God is taken into account, I mean the most comprehensive appreciation of who God is and what he's done for us and the varied forms of his generosity, we're encouraged by all that. We have hope as an anchor of the soul. We have in Christ every spiritual blessing we need. We have every good and perfect gift, according to James 1. 
on and on. The result of all that generosity from God for his people is we are encouraged. So I need to ask us, if God has encouraged us, shouldn't we be devoted to encouraging each other? And of course the answer is yes. Now here is a challenging and perhaps convicting part of what I'm saying. And I'm going to make a Barnabas point here in order to encourage others we have to be encouraged. So God encourages us, we encourage others. In Acts 11, Barnabas, who was actually called the son of encouragement, went to Antioch to do the very thing we're talking about, to help his brethren through encouragement. I don't think you can give what you don't have. If I'm encouraged by the hope of the gospel and the grace of God and the promise of the second coming and all that is attached to those realities in my life, I should be encouraged and I should share that encouragement with others. You know who God loves? A cheerful giver. Here's what the Lord said in Luke 6. 38. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. That's the spiritual value of being generous to others as God has been generous to us. And it all takes us back where we started in 1 Peter 4, particularly in 10 and 11. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies. In order that, here's the whole point, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Never think of all this. Never think of all we've been talking about tonight without highlighting that purpose phrase. That in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. That's ultimate purpose. That's what it's all about. That in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. Christ. If you're not living under the beauty of that kind of purpose, you need to strongly and rapidly evaluate your relationship with God. If you want to finish strong, you have to start with what God gives. Receive it, respond to it, and as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied 
grace. Let's be standing as we sing.